American Hammers Radio presents Fortunes Always Hiding. Hello and welcome into the Fortunes Always Hiding podcast here on American Hammers Radio. My name is Zach, your host. I am joined as always by Chris and by John. Guys, we had no game to talk about, so how are you? How was your weekend? Great. Well, I was planning everything as usual. Is planning everything around the match, and when it doesn't happen, it's just like, huh? What do I do now? Hey, hey, guys! Remember, I, and a lot of people are saying this on Twitter, and they're right. Undefeated in two weeks. Hey. <laughs> Which I, to be quite honest, I find it incredibly hilarious because we were we were supposed this was supposed to be our last game for two week winter break, which would have been great, give us time to heal injuries. Now we have a, very, a much longer winter break because of it, and with the game being rescheduled for the nineteenth during the winter break, which we'll talk about soon enough. But I just find it funny because it's one of those oh crap moments. Manchester City's in the Champions League. They're in the, still in the FA Cup. They are in the EFL final. And there was like literally two weekends that they could have done this game right now. And they're just, their hands are kind of tied. They're like, our schedule is so tight. And this is why if you ever play FIFA and you got, and you go and you win everything, you're probably going to end up being playing back to back games in 24 hours, at least one point in the season or games, like two games in three days or something insane like that. And you're like, you have no time to rest. Yeah, well, I'm always I'm always West Ham even on games, so I don't usually have that problem. <laughs> yeah, so the, I I think the worst part about the uh, I know we'll get into it, but for me the worst part about it all of this uh, will we'll, two things. First of all, for the fans, since this is an away match, now they have to reschedule everything around yep. a Wednesday match. Very true. Um, and so I I do I like obviously it doesn't affect us. Uh, as American fans, but uh, for those over there, I, it, it feels kind of cheap that the board, like the uh, that the club, couldn't hold out for a weekend match to accommodate for the traveling fans. But on, and then on top of that, as well, um, we play uh, Liverpool and Man City in five days, both yeah. away. To be fair, I mean, like it's not like it's going to change the result of either of those matches. Just get them out of the way. Let's just go ahead and just lose two in a row. Um, Well, our our draw, if we drew one, then we feel, we feel great. So back to back, whatever. And I, and that was one thing, uh, I was uh, chatting with uh, Irish Tommy, the guy who I co-host. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. uh, Post-match commentaries with, um, and I was talking to him the night before we, before we knew about the match getting canceled. Obviously I'm like, I actually have, for some reason, I have a gut feeling that we're going to pull out a 1-1 draw. Like, I, I felt like we were going to get some sort of result. And he's like, I don't share your your optimism, but you do. Brilliant. I, I follow him on Twitter, and he does not share your optimism. I'm just going to no, say no, that right now. He's not very optimistic. I love Tommy. I've got I mean, him everyone, everyone loves him. We love you, Tommy. <laughs> I, I do think there's a positive in all of this, um, I think we needed a longer break. I think this is excellent for us. It gives our new players who are actually, you know, we, we are excited about. It gives them more of a time to bet in. Bowen was not going to play. That's what Mo- I think. Didn't Moise say that? Um, uh, there was a, uh, well, I think I, I read something. Um, it could have been a dream. <laughs> but uh, I don't think I don't think Bowen was going to play. Um, he's not ready or something. So this gives us more time to bet in. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, James Collins 
um, said that he went to the, the training ground. Did you see this? Yeah. He said he went to the training ground and talked to Mark Noble and that uh, Noble was saying that they're all just shattered, that they're, that they're, they're mentally and physically exhausted. And Mark said he feels like he's playing in a fog right now because of how tired, especially mentally, they are. Yeah. Um, and so well, this could be the best thing in the world for us. Well, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that we've, we've changed managers as late as we did. If we changed managers back in October, this would not be that Probably not. If we changed managers back in October, we I think we would have had adequate enough time to identify the targets. I think that they would have been a little bit more flexible with the budget. Um, But on top of that, too, I think overall we might still be around tenth or higher. I it's just I think that there's little to like Mark Noble saying there's I think there's the bigger issue is I just think that there's little to no confidence in the squad right Correct. now. And so bringing in these two new guys and Suchek and uh, Bowen, uh, I think that's I think that that's what they need. And for what you were saying with if Bowen Bowen wasn't ready, I, I'm sorry, but Suchek came in and less than a week later, after a three week break for him, he's playing well in our side already. Okay, so, so I know we all worship Declan Rice, and I do too. Um, Ricey, if you'd listen to this, um, big man crush. Uh, like, like a little, you know, you're a little young for me, but you know, um, don't worry, I'm married. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's the most, that, but, that's but what I, you led with there. <laughs> man, let him sweat a minute. Um, but but what, I, what I'm trying to say here is I thought Suchek was our best midfielder. Yes. Um, I thought he played the best, and I think he just tired out at the end. Um, I, and it's because he wasn't used to a new league. And, yeah. so and he was up and down the pitch constantly. Yeah. I mean, he would be back as a, as a pure defensive midfielder, and then he would be up supporting. We talked about this last la, last podcast. He was up supporting Allaire. Um, he was the closest player to Allaire several times. So um, I thought he had a brilliant debut, and I'm looking forward to seeing you know him get used to the squad and, and the rest of the squad used to him. But, you know, the, the, the fog thing, that comment to me makes me think, that's cortisol. That's stress. I mean, like, you know, you get mentally exhausted and your body is literally pumped full of cortisol on a regular basis. It changes the way you think. And yeah. so, um, you know, they have to be stressed. Look at Allaire, man. His body language, his face, he Wait. screams to me frustration. Well, well, yes. I, and this has been the, the argument that has been being had for quite some time with him. That And that is it he's lazy? Is it that... We're suiting him. I, I, my personal opinion is he's, we're not suiting him. He needs a partner, but he doesn't help himself. And, and I think that's the biggest issue. So I, so I think a lot of people expect him to adjust quickly to the Premier League because he's a unit. Because he's six three, he's he's strong. He's you know they look at him and they think this guy's going to come in and be a bruiser and he's going to be fine. I don't think so. I think what you're seeing is partially partially it's because we suck and we're not supporting him. Oh, yeah. He doesn't have people who are who are giving him what he needs. He came from a much technically a much more technically gifted team, right? Um, so I think what you're seeing that that's part of his frustration. He expects people to be you know around him on his same wavelength, and we haven't been. Um, and then the other thing though is I think that 
you'll see him all the time. He's he's constantly getting fouled and not and, and they don't call it just like they didn't call it for Carroll, just like they don't call it for a lot of the um, the center forwards in the English Premier League because they want defenders to be able to kick the shit out of people and like put their arms all over them, put their arms to their back, knock them over. That's part of the game in England. That's just part of it. That is driving him insane. And you can see it. You can see the frustration growing in him every single game to the point where now he just it looks lazy because he falls down. It takes forever to get back up. He's throwing his hands around. He's pulling a Nicholas Anelka for those of you guys who used who knew the original Le Sulk. Um, so I don't think he's sulking. I think that what he is is frustrated beyond belief. Yeah, I, I and I wouldn't de- I wouldn't necessarily disagree, but I I think he does need to help himself a little bit more. I think he needs to sure. get in better areas. Um, but I ultimately it is going to come down to is how we play with him. Like yeah. if we, if we stick uh, Antonio up with him, I've even seen calls to put Yarmolenko up. I would lo- hang on. I would love Antonio Yarmolenko. I left. I would be screaming at the top of my lungs. I'll be watching the game upside down on my head. That would be a bastard front three and it'd be amazing. No, you know, I, I actually, so I like Yarmo a lot. I thought, I thought he carried us the first five or six matches of this. I think Bowen on the right, yeah. and, then, and then we well, keep Antonio on the left, and I think we terrorize teams with pace for the first time maybe since I've been a West Ham United fan for almost 15 years now. So, well, so we don't know what Bowen's capable of, and that's why I was really looking forward to the Man City match to seeing that what happened. But because of the storm, hang on, Ciara. Uh, Kiara, C-I-A-R-A. Kiara, yeah. Cause so actually, Irish Tommy tweeted something about that, too. He was just like, for all you morons, it's Kiara. Love you, Tommy. So if I mispronounce it now, he's going to be like, this idiot. You know, like, so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he said Kiara. Yeah. But that, I still want to see what Bowen can, like, can do on the field for us. And that's why when we do play Man City eventually, it's going to be interesting to see how like does he play the full game? Does he come on as a sub late? Does, how does he play? How does he mold? And I think the winter break is going to help a little bit with the team, but it's not going to help with the, some of the new guys like Suchek as well. So it, it's a catch twenty two, really. But the, at the end of the day, anyone everyone can use at least two weeks off to recover yeah. from injuries, especially yeah. playing yeah. in a in a sport where you run about ten kilometers a match if you play the full match. Well, and we just forgot arguably our best. I mean, like, and we haven't even mentioned him because he's been hurt. And where does he play? We all seem to agree 4-3-3 looks great, and that's what we want to keep with. Where does Anderson play in a 4-3-3? I mean, to be fair, Antonio's hurt a lot. So I wouldn't mind seeing them fight it out for for that left side position. Um, You know, and whoever wins, wins. I've always liked Anderson more in a central role. He looks better. So I actually disagreed with that for a long time, and then Moyes is the one great so yeah yeah you're right on that so i i've, I've just looked this up as well because i'm, I'm gonna go into something real quick um I, I i i had been seeing some twitter accounts i'm gonna name one of them uh west ham central if you if you know who he is yep. mm-hmm. yeah uh and he's all like excited that they decided to uh reschedule it wednesday when literally everyone else wasn't happy with it. I think primarily people were upset because of travel conditions and having to travel and everything. Um, But he's excited because we've had more rest than any other team in the Premier League. Uh, 
But at the same time, this is a critical juncture for us where we have two high-profile opponents right away, and we need to get Anderson back. We need Yarmo back. We need to make Antonio's back. Bowen's up to speed. Suchek's up to speed, which he basically already is. So... I, I, I like. I doubt he's listening to this podcast, but I, like, I'm sorry, but it, it, it's stupid to be excited about it. But now, but now, looking at Manchester City's schedule, do you know who they play three days after us? Leicester, a team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Leicester. That's a big match. So it, it is very possible now that they might play a weaker side against us. Trying to reserve like their starters, because I, I don't think, Raheem, especially because I don't think Raheem Sterling's supposed to start uh, on the nineteenth. I know he wasn't supposed to on Saturday, but he yeah. I think he's going to be good at, for that uh, match as well. Is he injured or suspended? I can't remember. Injured. Yeah. So it's very possible, like that, we could nick something, and it. it I, I wouldn't say it's likely. Well, sure. It's possible. So hang on. So after Leicester, if they have Real Madrid in the Champions League, oh Jesus, yeah, they're going to play a weak side against us. So they pretty much have to. I'm probably going to. I'm going to speculate now. We're going to see a lot of U23 guys, but the U23 side is still very good. So so put your money on a Foden hat trick. Put your money on a Foden hat trick. (laughs) He never. This is his moment. Yeah, but, but 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 all all that aside, I know I still I actually I agree with West Ham Central man. I think it's the best thing for us. I think that we need that time to bed in. We need that time to rest. We need that time to heal. Um, having time on the training pitch with people you don't know uh, is is where people move. What kind of runs they make? Where, where what positions they take up on the pitch? So wait, so you say you agree with Central? Because he said it's good, right? That we have a break. No, he's saying that it's good that they rescheduled it to the 19th and not until after the Liverpool match. Oh, I'm 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 agnostic about that. I mean, I, I honestly don't. I mean, like as long as we get more of a break, that's all I care about. My one of my favorite tweets, that, or one of the tweets that I was saying that was probably my favorite. It said, uh, "Dear, like at Man City, you've already basically lost the Premier League. Let us have this match, and we'll give you six points next season." <laughs> Oh, All right, so I want to talk about the storm for a second because the storm was bad. We are, we so for those of you who don't know, we live pretty much on the eastern seaboard, uh, with Chris being the furthest out west in Erie, Pennsylvania. If you have no idea where that is, Google it. It's in the middle. Uh, it's over by an hour and a half from Cleveland. Uh, basically, Erie is exactly an hour and a half from Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. So we're. I like- I like to call uh, the Great Lakes the Canadian Riviera. Yeah, that, that's what it is, really. But so this storm came whipping through through the East Coast, and I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Wikipedia and tracking for it. It's weird because the track. So normally for a storm that starts, um, it starts where it started. It goes from west to east. So this the eye of the storm went north, pretty much by south, pretty much like. 60 miles west of Charlottesville and then went north again, uh, going pretty much between Connecticut, like pretty much Danbury, Connecticut, before going on. And it's so, like, I woke up on Friday morning with the rain battering at my window and my recycling bins all the way out into the street. I'm like, well, fuck me. But it was a really bad storm here. We got a lot of rain. 
which don't get me wrong, we needed the rain, but it was just still a pretty nasty storm. And then to get and then to have it go all the way over there as quickly as it did on February 4th, the Met office actually issued a the meet, which is the meteorological office um, for the UK. They issued a warning um, for it in the UK because they were worried about it. And then if you're going to do that on the 4th, don't you think they should have called the game a lot earlier than they did? Yeah. Oh, dude, the people were already up there. Yeah, people no, were up there, and they were being turned away. Up there. Yeah, West Ham told people to get there early because of the storm. Um, all the women's league games were postponed, and the Champions League games, the championship were postponed as well. Five out of the eight Scottish women's games were postponed as well, and it was a starting weekend for them. Um, so, so no, Does that mean the League One guys were out there just, like, banging it into the wind and stuff? Were they playing? <laughs> so... I, I actually did uh, like I saw a tweet on this. Uh, someone actually posted a screenshot of like the weather conditions, and um, it, I people were making out to be like forty, fifty mile an hour winds. It was only about twenty mile an hour, so I I I, I think it was a little bit overhyped. But yes, it should have been called earlier. I think well, that's why because of like the borderline conditions. That's why it went as long as it did. Well, well if, if there are people listening from Zach's favorite state of Florida, <laughs> um, you know, they're probably going 20-mile-per-hour wind. Oh, my God, that's nothing. Well, so, the, so they showed uh, photos on Eurosport of the, of the pitch, and the pitch was completely waterlogged. And yeah. You looked at oh, it, I didn't see that. Yeah, and you looked at it, and you, want, you made me wonder, what does the drainage of a Premier League field look like? Because I have no uh, idea. I know what it looks like for, for Nats Park. I know what it looks like for a lot of baseball stadiums, but I have no idea what it looks like for soccer Dude. stadiums. If, if the Etihad, uh, you know, got rained out, it was bad. <laughs> like, I can't imagine how how much drainage uh, that, that thing can can do. I mean, it's got to be state-of-the-art. Everything they have is state-of-the-art. Yeah. yeah. You would imagine, but still. Um, but it's just, it's just weird. And just to give you – so normally strong storms like this don't tend to go over to the North Atlantic very often. Normally they tend to die out in – like in the Atlantic and not be as strong when it gets over there. Um, but really just to give an idea. Most like for hurricanes and stuff, a lot, most hurricanes, when they come from Africa and they go up the coast, like up through the Caribbean and hits, hits America, they rarely go over to the UK. Like one of the early ones from last year, hurricane Lorenzo actually went from the coast of Africa and went, took her a very sharp turn and went straight into Ireland, which is a very, very rare occurrence in mute in um, weather. And, just seen, hadn't been able to tell. I'm a meteorological nerd, so I study the weather a lot. I, I really didn't pick up on that. I, through all of these podcasts we've done, however many episodes we're on now, thirty five or eighty million or something. Yeah, I it, honestly, I have come to know that you. I don't think there isn't a subject you are a nerd on. <laughs> I'm not uh, in a bad way either, but uh, I can't say anything. If you guys wanted to start talking about Dungeons and Dragons, I could talk for the rest of the hour. So uh, we are not going to get down that road. Yeah. So um, I just, I just thought the whole storm system was very interesting and very unique, and we may, ne- we may not see another one like a storm system built like this for a long while. So. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know it was it came from the United States all the way over. That's that's wild, man. Yeah, it, I think, uh, yeah. Had I known that, I would have expected a little bit more because we got battered here in Erie. I, we got like ten inches of snow in a matter of two days. Typical yeah. here in Philly, man. Everything has been just lame 
All weather's been lame. It's been so. Like, I'm going to tell you a quick story uh, here. Um, I have some family up here in Erie, and um, they were telling me as I was like preparing, like to move up here for grad school and everything like that, and looking at uh, uh, the school I go to now. Uh, they told me like two or three years ago on Christmas Day they got eight feet of snow in one day and nothing changed. Like the next day, mm. everything went as if it was normal. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of the time in Buffalo when it snowed like it snowed like seventy two inches in a day, and the Bills Jets game had to be moved from Buffalo to Detroit. Yeah, 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 was, I remember that. Yeah, you remember that, and it was on a Tuesday night, and it was just really bizarre. And I mean, the whole city shut down. Buffalo people from Buffalo are like, we we don't shut down the city. This is what the hell do we do now? And like yeah. the answer is we uh, drink. Do you know what? When was this? I think this I was uh, 2014, 2015. My buddy went to that game. Mm. Yeah. So this will be a great test. He said he told me he listened to this podcast. So, Joe, if you hear this, you better text me. Oh, my God, I got a mention on your podcast. And if not, you're a liar. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was November. It was November of 2014. Yeah. Wow. So, but, so let's talk about West Ham. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so back, so back to this. Back, back to what the topic at hand is. It's just that we don't, like normally because soccer games are played through the rain, they're played through the sleet. Every yeah. now and again, they're played through the snow. When they're played through the snow, they're a lot of fun, especially on FIFA. But you don't. If you look back at some of the old films of the, film of the eighties, games playing in the snow, the snow is a lot heavier than what it is now. Now they're playing snow. It's a very light snow. It's not snowing at all. It, we're not going to have the same situation that the U.S. Costa Rica had in Denver back in what twenty fourteen. I don't remember this. I have no idea. But I will say something that, that Zach's going to love, and that's this. What we should have done is played him in those weather conditions and finished the match just to go out there and just be wild as hell, just some enforcer, just a Julian Dix kind of guy, whoever we could get to do that, and just start leveling people in the rain, just sliding around. Like, we'll be watching clips of that forever. Like, we'll be telling our kids about it, you know? And the then, like, balls. sent off. And, like, yeah, and, like, hopefully in the 80th minute he gets sent off, not in, like, the – 10th minute, which is probably what would have happened. But, like, you know, and then the game would end like 0 0, the ugliest game in the history of the Premier League. Ought have been beautiful. Oh, so it was March 22nd, uh, 2013, that the U.S. played Costa Rica in pretty much a blizzard. That's in, what I thought. In Denver. Yeah, I remember watching that game. Only I only watched it because of the snow, and I'm like, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. We need more of this. We need more sports outdoors in the snow like this. Football. Especially if we're playing Latin American teams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the game ended one wait, nothing. Wait, wait, wait. What was the final score of that? One, one nothing U.S. Hey. But yeah, there was a stoppage. To beat them. There was a stoppage in the fiftieth, like around the fiftieth minute, to clear the field because of how much stuff was on. So we always have to play Mexico at altitude in, in the heat. So we should always make them play us in like January in like Buffalo. <laughs> what should park, baby? Yeah, let's go, Ralph Wilson Stadium. <laughs> That's probably what it's called. No, 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 no. no it, Anchorage, Alaska. Yes. I mean, you want to cross out? Want to cross out? matches up there, so give them one, throw them a bone. We'll, we'll play them in Alberta. We'll say, what is that? It's America Junior. So don't worry about it. America Junior. That's what they called it in The Simpsons. I think that's a Simpsons reference. I got the Simpsons yes, reference. It is. Yes, it is. Good job, Jeff. I got the. I got the. Let's talk about West Ham. All right. 
I mean, there's um, so little to talk about because of Nomad. Like, we well, can go on these random tangents. Well, so I think the, the, the vital thing and the thing that people, if they're still listening to this podcast at this point, want <laughs> to talk about is this. They want to talk about all the people that are protesting. They want to talk about the negative press that's been going on. And they want to hear what we think, maybe, um, about time for us. They want to know what's really going on because we're at this critical juncture where for the first time in 10 years, we are having massive pressure on the owners. Everyone is calling them out. Everyone is saying what we've all been thinking for so long, but they've had this kind of weird media uh, spell where they, 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 they've been protected and coddled and all that has been ripped off. I texted a friend of mine and I said, um, the sheep's clothing has been torn off of the wolves. And so that's what we're seeing right now. And it is amazing. And, and, and I know a lot of us uh, who have been anti-board for a long time, um, we're, we're reveling in this, but, the, but like the pressure has to be, has to be continued. And so for those of you who don't know, um, Hammers United, um, an amazing supporters organization, um, in, in the UK, uh, they are growing exponentially. They're the ones who are behind the 2000 person, um, uh, protest that kind of really kicked all this stuff off. Um, and then the owners have been making blunder after blunder after blunder. Yeah. And um, they have another one scheduled uh, for the Southampton match. Well, but did you see how many people they have now? How many members uh, HU has? Uh, no, I didn't. They're up to 11,000 members now. Wow. So uh, we're going to, they're going to protest at Liverpool, and they're going to protest at our next home match as well. So we're going to protest at Liverpool, dude. So I will, I, I'm thinking about joining, but I don't know if they let us uh, septics uh, join um, uh, Hammers United. So uh, if anybody hears hear this, uh, let me know. I'm in the I'm in the Hammers United Facebook group. That, that's a that's just a Facebook group. I, I know, but I'm still uh, they're open for it. It seems like they're that's open like, for everyone. Man, it doesn't mean anything. But I mean, yeah, to get to to go after what you said, the the blunder after blunder after blunder. I mean, it is it is incredible to because it's almost like some people like just don't realize how much worse they make it for themselves. I'm looking at David Gold's. If you ever want to see what David Gold <laughs> liked tweets, <laughs> this cat man, eighty. What is he? Eighty three. Um, I mean, there's recent photos though. He looks like he's 112. Well, you yeah, know what? He doesn't have makeup on. That's his problem. His makeup person is not with him all the time. Yeah. He doesn't have anyone that spray tans him in the nude on a regular basis like somebody else. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but one of the tweet, the tweet that I'm looking at right now, I'm talking about myself. Yeah. There's some other tweets that'll bring up, but he's, this one actually got the most coverage. Uh, I don't know who it is, but it's their name is AKA David Jones. They tweeted, "Well done to the three Davids. Funny how the moron contingent have gone quiet tonight. As yet again in a highly competitive uh, market, the board have spent big. Any potential signing looking at the online poison from a foul minority would keep away. Thankfully, Bowen and Suchek are stronger." David Gold likes like the tweet calling West Ham fans who don't like him morons. You know, I'm going to be honest. Who has it liked? Dude, I, I'm going to be honest. Like, he probably looked at that and went, yeah, man, someone's backing us, uh, us finally. And uh, he and he hit like. Um, 
I mean, it, he probably does think we're all morons, but I mean, yeah. I didn't learn that from a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and then there was another one that he liked, and it like again, it's stupid. Like it was towards the end of that, de- uh, towards deadline day, I believe, and it's uh, I think it was after the Suchek signing, and said. Um, a few like a striker, maybe we can sign a strike striker and a right back and uh survive or save relegation. I gotta find it. Um oh God. I think he's I said it to you guys actually. He's taking well, advice from the peanut gallery. Look, man. Like again, David Gold's not the one that, that worries me. It's Brady and Sullivan. Yeah. And the stuff like like so so let's talk about the own goals the board has scored. Uh, in the past, in the past couple weeks, right? So, first of all, you know, so so they get freaked out when they see descent, mass descent, right? Mm-hmm. So, what do they do? Um, the press starts talking about it. They send a letter threatening legal action to Sky Sports because they were calling the board out for the reasons that people were protesting. Sky Sports gets on the air. Oh, we're so sorry. They grovel because what do they do? Sky Sports loves rich people and they grovel back to them. Um, so, uh, but more than likely, they just wanted to avoid a lawsuit, regardless of how frivolous. Um, so, another uh, publication too, I believe. Uh, Sky Sports is owned by Fox. Yeah, um, but anyway, so they so they do this, um, and the rest of the press go nuts. Right. Uh, they, 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 they just it's like the wolves have been. Uh, so I'm using another wolf metaphor, but it's in a different way. Uh, the wolves have been released. Uh, the hounds of war, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and, and it's just turned the opinion of, of the fourth estate, as uh, as the guys at KUMB are calling it, um, on our owners. And it's, it's been just beautiful to watch the carnage. Yeah. Uh, so I found the tweet uh, that I was referring to again. Uh, the guy named Tom White, no idea who he is, obviously. Uh, it was on the 29th of January, tweeted, uh, so I think it is after the Suchak signing. Well done, David. Now we need a right back and a striker. Then we have a chance of survival. To me, that just spells like that we will prefer or like they think that we're going to get relegated. So I think it was the well done, David. They're just so desperate for any sort of support. You start to look even more stupid just because you don't read an extra 30, like, yeah. words. Yeah. I mean, I'm not arguing with that. I mean, it's stupid. He shouldn't. Someone should take his phone away. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe ground him. I mean, I mean, but. Is, uh, I hate to say, this is, what, this is what happens when you get an older person and get them a social media account. They And you let them handle it. At this point, you're, if you're as rich as David Gold, you're on the rich list. You should at least hire someone to be a social media manager, coordinator, whatever. Yeah. So and just steal that. Ignore everything that gets tweeted to you. So I'm not going to repeat unsubstantiated rumors because I don't want them myself. But there's some stuff on Knees Up Mother Brown. If you go into the uh, some of the threads, uh, especially one guy who knows the Gold family, like he he's from the area. They like they know the same people. He knows them. Uh, there are some indications that they are not nice people. Um, oh, uh, like no, but 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 uh, to be honest with you. Um, and so uh, you know, it's surprising in some ways what's going on, but but in others it's not. And, and so so then so after all this negative press now that they can't control, now we get to uh, what they did to the supporter who was waving a flag, so one of the flag bearers, oh, right, um, yeah. on the pitch. So um, nice guy Cam is his name, right? 
Um, we were um, a um, on American Hammers Network. Uh, he was going to be interviewed, I think. I think and, um, rescheduled. I think it's yeah, happened, but I don't know when or by who. I think it got rescheduled. Um, if I'm wrong, forgive me, but um, I actually wanted to be one of the guys to interview him. Yeah. I was super excited, and I, I couldn't make it work schedule-wise. Um, but regardless, um, so he gets out there, uh, and that brave hero um, undoes his jacket, and he's got a GSB out shirt on. Um, and so what does the club do? They send him a letter telling him he is banned for the rest of the season, which, to be fair, is a blessing in disguise. But they ban him the rest of the season. It, I, I mean, he didn't have to watch his play. Um, so they ban him for the rest of the season because they said he was going to incite violence. They said that his shirt was going to incite people <laughs> okay, uh, no, to violence. So this is this is what always gets me with stuff with stuff like that. Because well, in the UK you get your name printed on a ticket. If you buy, if I say John goes to buy a ticket off the West Ham site, his name is printed on the ticket. Let's pretend that I, that I'm him and John. You buy the tickets and it has your name on it. Yep. I am the guy who does. I'm the guy who did that. I shaved my beard. I shaved my head. I or even dye my hair, and I look nothing like the guy that did it. How are they going to find me? Because I look uh, nothing like nothing like. They have facial ID scanners now. I don't know, but this is something that's always yeah. Bugged. There's somebody gets banned for life. That's you pretty much need to be found out. CCTV is all over the UK, bro. Well, yeah, they, I know that, but, oh, damn, there was there was there was a Mets game when Bobby Valentine was the manager of the Mets. This is going back in the nineties, and he gets ejected from the game. So he, what does he do? He gets out of his uniform, he puts on a pair of shorts and a Mets T-shirt, and throws on a fake mustache and sunglasses, and he just sits in the dugout, and no one seems to care. <laughs> There's great film footage of it. Just, just I'm go and just go find it. It's hilarious. But so it's possible that he could sneak his way big back in, but that's really not the point, is it? I mean, the point is that, that they did this draconian um, lash out, right? So this like, you know, anything, any criticism now they're, they're like clamping down. Um, I, I compared it today to like the, the failing czarist regime in Russia before, uh, before, um, you know, the, the revolution that toppled them all. Um, they just kept clamping down harder and harder and harder and being more reactionary and all it did was drive more and more and more people away and so that's exactly what's happening now so what did what did cam do he took that letter put it on the internet he tweeted it he and said look what happened to me right and and everyone couldn't you know, no one could believe it and now you've got journalists talking about that i mean it's 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 galvanized talk sport yeah i mean it's it's been all over the place so uh it's ridiculous it goes back to them just not Knowing what the hell they're doing, because this is clearly from the top down. It's not just some random person in like Mark or like uh, in ticket sales who's who sent the letter like oh we violated a rule. No, this is from the top. Yeah. Like it's clear. But you, they were at that moment desperate for good press, or in the old saying, no news is good news. And by doing that, you yet again put yourself in the news in a negative light and yep. you're just rallying more and more people. And yeah, I mean, there was that. So, so someone took a GSB coaster at a, uh, at a boxing match. Oh, that was um, amazing. Isn't that great? And someone just yeah. stuck it in the frame. And so there's this, there's this boxer, you know, on, on national TV over there. And, yeah. and there's that GSB out thing. It's brilliant. 
and I love that too because what what is the board going to do now? They're going to are they going to take a boxer who has at least some celebrity stat like yeah. fame and say you're not allowed to come to a match again this season or you're not allowed to do anything well, associated hey, with hey, did he, hey, so so who was the one who put the coaster out? Was it a fan? Was it him? One of his people? It's one of his people. Then yeah. So if it's one of his people, then yes, I could go after him. But with I would, I wouldn't. I honestly, God wouldn't. But if it was just some random fan, what, well, Chris? I wouldn't have gone after the guy with the shirt. I wouldn't like that. Uh, I, know. Well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have threatened Sky Sports. Uh, you know, there was a, with a lawsuit. I believe that there was another newspaper article written against them that they actually threatened legal suit against them. No, no, no. It was it was it was um the, the morning supplement or whatever it's called. Morning. Sunday supplement. Um oh. it's it's, it's, it's a, the group of guys, uh the group of people that talk in the uh you know whatever and they're talking about sports. And so but I, I forgot the other part. Not only did they do that, but Karen Brady banned that journalist from coming into West Ham. You're and joking. no she banned him and then they have already turned around and rescinded the ban. And I think now he's written a scathing article. Good. Um, yeah. And dude, what, so someone wrote a fake apology, a satire apology article to um, Mrs. Uh, Sullivan and Gold and Baroness Brady. And it is priceless. Now, John Nolan, if you listen to this, John, John said uh, he thought it was uh, it didn't go far enough and it was too tongue in cheek and too cute. I disagree. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I think Irish Tommy backed me up, but I'm just going to start saying Irish Tommy said this and people are going to believe me because I am on air. Yeah. Um, but this talking about it reminded me of this, too. I don't know if you remember this with the Sunday supplement when they issued the apology. David Gold tweeted out about it. West Ham, their own page. Like the oh, yeah, <laughs> he bragged about it. Yeah, the web page for the team posted an article on it, and he took that and posted it. Do you guys know what ratioing is on Twitter? Oh, yeah. That got a 148 likes to 1,200 comment ratio. <laughs> like, these people just don't think... They they don't don't get it. Well, so one of the many articles, and, and I wish I'd, I'd seen who it was. I don't think it was. Um, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to guess. Um, but but one of them was saying that um, you know times have changed, and, and and like they may be they may be able to still run a championship club fairly successfully in the old school kind of like cheap manner that they do, but like. In the modern day Premier League, Today. they're being shown up. No. They're being shown up as like a completely incompetent. Like the old game doesn't work. They're they're out of their depth, and they, and they. But the thing about them is they cannot admit that. So yeah. like they, they, they didn't know they, how to admit that. If they no, they, no, exactly. Ham fans like they claim to be. They would have sold. Long ago, but no, but like so. What? Let's let's even for the sake of argument, let's say that they are West Ham fans. So even if they are, if you already think that you're the smartest person in the room, and David Sullivan has already been on record as saying he's smarter or just as smart as any manager he hires, why in the world would you think selling the club would be what's best for the club? Well, and if he thinks he's as smart as any manager he's hired, why doesn't he just shut up? Just manage the team himself. Is it because he doesn't have a UEFA license? He has a freaking pilot's license. I'm sure he can easily get a UEFA license. But come on, pull a Ted Turner, get out of the press box, get out of your suit and tie, put on the joggers, and go out there and be in the box. 
and direct the team as you think you should. But really, your assistants are going to be doing all the work because you have no clue what the fuck you're doing. Well, I will say that for this, though. I think right now the smartest thing is that David Sullivan is not on Twitter. Like, I, the amount of blunders that man would make on Twitter would be incredible. Well, so what's funny is that uh, David Gold's daughter um, said that she felt that something special was going to happen at the West Ham game on Sunday, and then it gets called off. So she's a prophet. I mean, she's a, a seer of some sort. Jacqueline Gold, is that who you're talking about? Uh, I think it was Jacqueline, yeah. Hang yeah. on. Yeah, the, the one that, uh, I swear to God, like, I'm, I'm not trying to shame anyone or anything, but my Lord, is it weird when David Gold is retweeting, I'm going to show you guys, but retweeting photos of his daughter that look like that. Yes. Well, hang on. Well, hang on. Her, is her daughter... Well, he's not the only oligarch that says his daughter's hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you win there. And on that note, I think it's a good time to change topics. Uh, so you guys know what being a mascot is, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's get into this. Yeah, so being a mascot means that you um, means that you hold hands with the players, you the players, you shake their hands and whatnot, and then you run off the field. It's a, cool, it's a really cool experience. It sounds a really great one. Um, the World Cup's coming in 2026 here to the U.S. Two are both under the age of two. By the time that the World Cup comes in six years, they're going to be about eight, seven, eight, which is the perfect age to do it, by the way. Um, but I've known how to do it for the World Cup. I don't know if it's lottery or whatever. But in the U.K., in, for the Premier League, for most, cl- for a lot of clubs, you pay. For some clubs, it's completely free. I know for Arsenal, it's completely free. But for West Ham, you have to pay. You want to guess how much West Ham is? It's 400, isn't it? Nope. Is it seven? Yep. Yeah, I know that it's the third highest. The only two clubs that are more are Leicester and Everton. No, actually, Leicester's has, Leicester's has dropped. Leicester's is now 600 pounds. Oh. Oh, is that all? Yeah. But still, spending 700 pounds on your child going out onto the pitch, holding hands with somebody, could be an, op- an opposition player for all you know. I mean, it's a cool experience that you, uh, that I would, if I was a parent, I would want my children to have. Just to say that they've done it, and it's a, because how many of, you're not going to be able to do this when you're 45. But, yeah. it's, but paying $700 for a, for a team that's backed by working men and women, it's not a Chelsea, it's not an Arsenal, it's not a Manchester City. We're yep. backed a lot by corporate backings and guys in suits. And it makes prices for this sort of thing insane. Well, to be fair, Manchester City are a working class club, too. They were they kind of used to be the West Ham of the North. But but to your point, you have to see Everything that this club uh, used to stand for, it betrays where this club came from. The entire reason I support West Ham United is because it was a working class club with a history of beautiful football. And so now we don't have beautiful football. We are not in the same part of London. We don't have the stadium that was a part of who we were. And then you have things like this where do you think the average guy in the East End can pay 700 pounds or, or let's be fair in modern day in Essex can pay 700 pounds. That's really funny in England guys. Um, can pay 700 pounds for their, for their kid to trot out there and hold Mark Noble's hand. The answer is no. No, I, I, no, so oh, I, no, I know for the Washington capitals, um, 
they they have um, hockey, youth hockey teams coming, um, and it's a free thing. Your name, your team name is put into a hat, and there's only 41 home games a year. Well, and plus the preseason, plus playoffs, so they're all put into a hat, and then they're pulled from there. And most of the time, you do the uh, tunnel that the team skates out into. You're also doing the um, you're also playing mites on ice in the first period. And- the first period, you're playing a legitimate scrimmage for a couple minutes out on the ice. It's a cool, very cool experience. And a lot of times, if you're the might of the night, those kids go viral because they just say funny stuff. But it's just there's. I'm trying to find a reason to justify the 700 pound price point, and I really can't think of anything that would justify it. No, and, and they asked uh, the owner of Brighton. I think it wasn't it? the owner of Brighton. They asked him about this and he said he would never do that. And at Brighton, it's something like 300 pounds, but the kids get, the kids get a full kit. Uh, they get like free parking, not free. I'm included or something like that. There's a, it's, it's like a whole experience and you take it away with you and you get, you know, you get the kit to take home. You get nothing with us like that whatsoever. It's just your kid trotting out there done. And the way that this really blew up is because the, is because people had to tweet at Karen Brady. They had to do this on Twitter because we would not respond to the people that were complaining about it. Did you know that? So hang on. So there's, so there's two standard, um, the two packages for Brighton, there's a standard package and, um, and, uh, captain's package, the captain package. And there's only two Standard package you get in junior in the West Lower replica uh, kit to wear on the day and take home. Photo of the match day in the match day program. Meal vouchers. Pitchside uh, pre-match warmer with gully. Photographic memory of the day. Uh, for the captains one, get two adults and one junior. Photograph of the captains, officials, and mascots in the center circle. The replica kit. Um, photo of the match day program. Pitchside pre-match warmer. Two meal vouchers, parking permit for the Bridge Car Park, signed match day program, and the photograph sent post match. But still, that has parks, and that is a legitimate thing. If you're investing in your child's young career, young soccer well, career, it's a whole day, you'll, and, and they'll talk about it forever. Yeah, and they'll go to yeah. school and be the coolest kid at school. Yeah, absolutely. Like, hey, I saw you at the game. I saw you on TV. The coolest kid in Brighton, right? I mean, like, so. But I've heard. But still, it's not. If you're at West End, I mean, you get nothing, and there really need to be. It, there needs to be some perks to to justify the 700 pound price point. It's just too damn much. To me, this reeks of Karen Brady. So, yeah, um, I, I had seen this uh, thread on Twitter from a page called Junior Supporters Board Member, mm-hmm. uh, and she was the one who brought it up. And she actually like was tweeting directly at Karen Brady, and Karen Brady actually responded back. Did you see? Wow. The, but. It's very minimal. I'll, I'll read it. It's three quick tweets. Uh, Hello, Amelia. I'm sorry to hear of your disappointment. We value you your feedback, which I find I think that's bullshit. Uh, and you certainly won't be kicked off the junior supporters board. Your passion is exactly what we need. We've made changes to the mascot package following your suggestion, and there will be plans to evolve these further, which will be picked at the next uh, official uh, supporters board meeting. I'm investigating with the team, but in the meantime, I would like to invite you to our upcoming uh, OSB meeting alongside the JSB reps, where I will be per- where I will personally make sure your views are raised. I'll be in touch with you directly later today. Best wishes, Karen. Well, so, it, but if it's, if he does get to sit on a board meeting, that's really cool. But it, again, it's, uh, here, 
here's a PR response. We're probably not going to do anything about it. And this just needs to end. Elon Musk, if you're listening, please buy us. Oh, my Lord. I'd love that. Western United, well, sponsored by Tesla. That's right. We by talked about SpaceX. this before. Yeah. We talked uh, about Tesla. Yeah. We talked about Tesla or SpaceX. I, US, I want SpaceX. Yeah. Oh my! No, could you imagine the first soccer kit ever sent to space is a West Ham United jersey? Yes, <laughs> that would be the coolest Jeopardy question ever. Uh, but Elon, if you are listening, which you are not, um, th- we are we are a great club because you could buy us, and we're terrible. We're not profitable, and you could show how smart you are by ma- turning us into a success. Well, so, and also yeah. you could you could take the tax write off too. So, I'm and if Jeff Bezos, if you're listening too. He's all about that and free government money. So I would uh, press in the Washington Post anyways. So I will say this. I've been seeing some uh, tweets about this. And at the the moment, they're all rumors, uh, mind you. But there's apparently there are groups potentially interested in launching bids. Um, The first I've seen what is that the Saudi or like the um, I believe it's Saudi Prince yeah. who's trying to buy Newcastle. Apparently they might have hit a snag and they might be turning to look at West Ham, which if that's the case, I believe it was uh, Sullivan who said that the only way that they would sell is if an Arabian Prince uh, came in. So we'll see. The second is the rumors that have been swirling for a few years about Red Bull um, coming in. And then the final one, so very few people know about this. Uh, There is a minority shareholder who's an American, owns about 10% of the company, and apparently it's being reported that he is launching an inquiry trying to find potential partners to launch a bid to take over the club. So I mean, uh, you know, I I I, um, I think it's much more likely that Sullivan is panicking from all this negative press, and so to attract people, he's saying, "Oh well, there it's possible that we could sell," and so just started a rumor to to uh, try to take the heat off. Um, well, you know, so- I don't think they're gonna, no one's going to buy us when we're not even guaranteed Premier League survival. I mean, well, I, they, they I would wait. No, no, but no. My point is, they would wait until we're, we're relegated and buy us for a lot cheaper. Yeah. Why um, would they? Why would they pay premium now? Uh, you know, if if they don't know uh, if we're going to be in the league or not. Well, to be honest, um, well, because you can write off the depreciation at least here in the states, you can. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think here. I mean, uh, I'm. I read. Um, this whole book on the history of the Premier League, um, and I'm trying to recall as to what the condition was for the current uh, ownership of Man City. They, there was like a contingent like if they got this one player, if they survived promotion or like re- uh, if they survived uh, a relegation attempt or something like that, if they did that. Oh, no, 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 no. What I'm thinking is, is Chelsea. Uh, oh, Abramovich. Yeah. So, I mean, some, some, if people want a club bad and, badly enough, they won't care at the price. It's possible. But you think about it, we have a good on, on the field. We already have a decent infrastructure that could be built upon, uh, built around. Yeah. So if you come in, like if you wait until they're relegated, until if we're relegated, 
then you're going to have to rebuild from scratch. And it's going to cost you just as much to bring in those players as it would just to buy it right away. The time to buy us would have been before the transfer window yeah. or or in the summer. Like, that's the time to buy us after that. Right. Because right now, like, what's the point? And not only that, we have a terrible infrastructure. We have, we have some very talented players, but we also have the worst training ground in the Premier League. We've got no stadium. We have yeah. a rent you know, um, and so anyone's going to have to deal with that. They have to figure out what am I going to do? Am I going to try to buy this? Am I going to try to renovate it? Am I going to try to get another stadium and move? Am well, I going to leave it as so, it is? So hang on. Um, so they could they could do what uh, Red Bull Leipzig did, and they could. Well, so what Red Bull Leipzig did was their old ground was an Olymp- was like an Olympic so- Olympic stadium in Leipzig. It had a track. And so what they did was they destroyed that, and they pretty much built a new stadium right inside of the old one. And so it's this very, very weird looking building. If you look, look at it, you go on Wikipedia, look it up. It's a very weird looking building. Um, and you have to like take these big foot, foot bridges to get to get into it, but it's weird looking, but they could hypo- t- hypothetically do that, but also they could, because I know there's going to be renovations done to it. Um, this summer, but also 2022 is the 10 year anniversary. 10 years, normally in a sporting venue, you get a, you get an update, you get a refresh. They could easily build, like put stands up in front on top of the old, the current ones and make it more tight and compact. I don't, well, but, you know, they're doing that this, this summer, right? Yeah, I know, but just on the goals, squaring it off. So I don't, did you guys look at the um, tweet link I sent you on the video? Someone actually managed to track down the video of what their promotional state, like the stadium was supposed to be. Oh yeah. Would have been a world-class stadium. That looks gorgeous. Every bit of that looked incredible. And I, I still love like, it's our, like it's our time. Like it, this is our moment. And we've had one season in the top in 10th place and two relegation battles. They they sold us a great dream, and uh, it was complete and utter bullshit. I think actually today is the nine-year anniversary since we were chosen as uh, recipients of the London Stadium. It was either today or today. So it kind of reminds me of the meme, like like kid at the liquor store, Mom, Mom, can I have this? No, son, we have this at home, this at home. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. It, it's just that actually I would pay someone to, do, to make that mean, but it's just one of those like weird like thing. If this happens a lot in sports ownership, you promise the world and you get nothing. And, well, you, and, you know, somebody go ahead, no, go ahead, finish the thought. You know, and it's as a sports owner, you you genuinely hope hope that you can hold your promise of promising the world, but a lot. But sometimes you just can't do it, and when you just can't do it, everyone goes after you because you failed to hold your promise, and you have to sit there and you have to sit in your in your turd sandwich, and you have to eat your turd sandwich. You have to realize that yeah, I may I made a mistake. We couldn't do this, but we can work to get it towards this point or get close to this point. Uh, one of the one of the great articles that was. Uh written i think over the past week uh someone said that all the the pressure and the 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 journalists turning on our board and uh the fans protesting and 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 the guy said what it reminded him of the most is what happened to liverpool 
when Gillette mm. and Hicks were there before they were ousted. And cause they really were kind of forced out. And the spirit of Shankly is, um, you know, really pushing for them, for them to leave and, and, and really kind of made it untenable for them to stay. And then they sold and boy, that's worked out uh, pretty well for Liverpool after they sold. Right. So I think, I think, we're in a way as fans on the right track. We need to continue to have a u- yeah. united front anti board. Um, everyone needs to be open and honest about it. We need to support hammers United, um, whether by joining them or, or, or by any other way we can, we need to share this content. We need to speak up. If we have a voice, like, like we're, we're lucky, you know, most, fan, most West Ham fans, you know, talk to each other in a pub or a bar, um, you know, at meet, meet in supporters groups and stuff. But we actually are lucky because we can talk, to people uh, all over the world, you know, we're not there yet, but but we we're, we're able to talk. So um, we have to stand up and 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 encourage people to continue to fight because we love this club for a reason, and we always talk about the bad things. And guys, there are good things. There are amazing reasons to support oh, yeah. this football club, and and I'm ready to be talking about that. And so if they go, we can get back to that. Yes, yep. wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly agree. And going back to like where we started this whole thing with with their bad publicity, the more that they put out, the more they blunder, the more they do this shit, the more people they draw to the protesting side. I would not be surprised if we hit a bad run of form again and it looks almost inevitable. You start seeing walkouts. You start like they have a potential riot on their hands. And they just keep adding fuel to the fire. Think about how ugly, ugly it's going to get if we get relegated. Oh, God, I don't want... Dude, it's going to blow the last up. Thing, the last thing I want is for us to be in a relegation spot and be losing, I don't know, 4 nothing late in the season at home. We have a, we stage a mass walkout and we, stay, we have a riot outside. And there's massive arrests. There's fighting going on between the police. Tear gas is brought in, and it looks like it's a scene out of South America. And the next thing I know, I get an EP alert saying that mass riots have broken out at the Olympic Stadium outside of a West Ham match. That's the last thing I want. It's the last thing I want, too. But they're almost driving it down that route. They are. Well, yeah. It would be a massive black eye to literally everybody here in the – to he- that would just happen. Just well, let's not anticipate. I don't think we're going to go out and fight the old bill. You know, I don't think that that's what we're talking about. But I think that yeah, are, are we, are we going to throw stuff at the director's box? Are people going to be screaming? Are people going to be lighting flares? Are people going to be? Sm- you have to smuggle flags in. Every other football club in the country gets to bring like these big banners and stuff, and we can't even do that, right? So we have space. Right. Why? I see, we see them all. No, the because time. they want to control. They want to control the narrative. They're scared what we're going to bring in there, dude. Because they know we're going to go in there. We're going to bring in these big GSB out things and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Because the the fact of the matter is, is if something else happens in the stadium in terms of a protest, it's going to make the Burnley like the Burnley match of a few years ago dwarfed in comparison. Oh yeah, no, they, I think I don't they, think they're going to walk out. I think you're going to see a mass pitch invasion. Yeah, I and. The thing is, the fact of the matter is, is we thought that after that season, when they brought in Pellegrini, when they spent all that money, this is that is that was the catalyst for the change. The truth is, it could not be any far any. It could not be any farther from the truth. What they have successfully done is taken a wedge 
and shoved it in there. I don't think there's any way that th- this relationship can be salvaged anymore. No, I mean, dude, uh, listen, uh, uh, most of us, most of us uh, didn't like them. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we give them the benefit of the doubt at first because let's be honest, we we were the only club in the world owned by broke. Um, so they bought us from that. We, you know, every, lots of people didn't like them, but you know, they gave them the benefit of the doubt, and then. Karen Brady's supposed greatest stadium migration in history garbage, um, you know, and then all the stuff that happened, the way it turned out, the way the stadium went, then the way they tr- managers and then the, the shambles of the Avram Grant season and going down and then coming back up. And then, you know, I mean, just just every single time they can be classless, incompetent uh, douchebags. They have done so. And any, they have screwed their selves at any given turn possible. And screwed the club with those uh, interest payments. Yeah. All right. It's clear that we have, that there's more to talk about this, but we're going to have to pause that for another time as this is running long. I, I just want to make one note about the flags. When I was at the World Cup in 2018, I went to a match in St. Petersburg. It was Russia, Egypt, Russia won 2-1. Russia qualifies for the round of 16 for the first time since they were the Soviet Union. Fantastic atmosphere. There was a guy there who brought in a flag of Chelly events. Do you know what the flag of Chelyabinsk is? The flag of Chelyabinsk is a camel with a brick wall behind it on a green and yellow background. It's one of the most bizarre flags in the world. I have no idea why it's that, but it is. And when they, so they had to show all, we had to show all flags of security. Security looked at us like, what flag is that? And they said, the flag of Chelyabinsk. And they had, security had no idea. And these are members of the Russian military. And if I had to go to Wikipedia and show him the flag of Chelyabinsk, was that? And they were like, oh. I didn't know that. Did you know that? He was like, I didn't know that, Anton. So, and they went it. But it was a funny story. It made made the news later. But on that note, we, there's obviously a lot more to talk about. We're going to talk about that next episode because next episode, again, we don't have a game, but we can preview one on the, it's the games on the 19th. Um, so great. I just want to say thank you to Tim and Lee of America for – and American Hammers Network for giving us this platform to continuously talk about West Ham United and how much it's going to kill us. Um, <laughs> Again, we go back to what the original idea for the name of the podcast was. Orson's always hiding, boys. This team is killing us. <laughs> yes. I, and on that note, good night, everyone. And remember to have a safe and happy President's Day weekend. I'm going to be out in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Yeah, freezing my butt off. Fine. So until, until next until next time, come on you irons. Come on you irons. This has been an American Hammers Radio production on AmericanHammersTV.us.